Welcome to Work It, Live It, Own It, a show that explores how to upgrade your lifestyle through life lessons, real estate, and entrepreneurship. Here's your hostess, Sakola Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Work It, Live It, Own It. Today, I am joined by Matthew Young. He has over 21 years of experience in the insurance industry. He owns his own insurance brokerage in Greensboro, North Carolina. And the one thing that I love about Matthew is that he doesn't just focus on North Carolina. He services South Carolina and Virginia. And with all his other insurance brokerages, brokers, they have over 50 years of experience. So if you're looking for a trusted homeowner's insurance, motorcycle, RV, condo, commercial, I think you do so many things, Matt, yeah. you cover so many different policies, but he is there to walk you through the process from beginning, middle, and even after you get your insurance. And I wanted to bring him on because there are a lot of questions about homeowners insurance. Even for me, before I even bought my home, Matthew, I didn't know the difference between home warranty and homeowners insurance. And sometimes we, people tend to interchange the two. But before we dive in on that, there is something I really wanted to ask you. But first of all, let me take a moment to say thank you for all that you do. Thank you for what you do for our community, because Matthew is so active in the real estate industry. He does lunch and learns. He shows up at real estate schools. He comes to realtor associations and he really helps educate realtors. So we know how to educate our clients the best way that we know how. So thank you, Matthew. Thank you for everything you do. And thank you for coming on and talking to us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, Sakola. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for being here. Now, you mentioned something to me previously in a conversation about with your brokerage, you don't charge application fees. I didn't even know if people were applying for homeowners insurance. Is there an application fee now? There has been, Sakola. There's actually in the last couple of years um, been a rise in the number of companies that their motto is we want to sell a client a policy, but we're a sales agency. And so after the sale, we're, we're not going to talk to you anymore. So they're, the way they make their money is obviously, well, by selling insurance, but also they add to it, they supplement it by adding fees. Now there's a company that is notorious. They charge $200 just to buy the policy. And that doesn't pay for the client's insurance. That's just as a uh, tip, if you will. Um, and, and to make matters worse, some of the companies that do this and, and they are in the minority, but they're growing uh, very fastly uh, is the same companies are telling the client after the sale, hey, you need to call an 800 number, you know, out of state uh, to service your policy. And to me, the whole purpose of purchasing insurance is the when you need it time that comes, you have a physical person, an advocate to come to. And, uh, you know, I'm available until 10 p.m. every day of the year physically for my clients, because when there's a question, it doesn't always fit a nine to five box of when this claim happened uh, or on a, you know, on a non-holiday weekend. So let's just let's say that if your uh, claim occurs uh, Friday afternoon and it's 530 and, you know, the, the insurance company has a holiday on Monday, you could go from Friday to Tuesday without speaking with someone. And, you know, meanwhile, your claim is, is certainly not being addressed or maybe even getting worse uh, if it's like water damage. So that's why I'm available and, and you know, try to stand out and, and to 
be an example in the industry about you know what service looks like and what that entails. And thank you again. Thank you for all you do. And yep. uh, guys, I can truly attest to that. I've had to text Matthew at some of the most inconvenient times that I think I'm texting him or calling him and he does respond. He is true to his word. And that's why I wanted to bring you on. Right. So again, thank you for being here. Yeah. Now, I have some questions for you that some members of the Work It, Live It, Own It community have about homeowners insurance. First of all, Let's talk about the difference between a home warranty and a homeowner's insurance. What does that look like? So essentially, a good way to look at it is if a homeowner policy covers sudden and accidental damage, typically more catastrophic, uh, more driven by natural causes like fire and lightning, um, home warranty is kind of geared toward having uh, appliances repaired, maybe your air conditioner repaired, um, but normally, and, and even replaced if it's if it's something. But normally, the way I look at it, Sakola, is if, if a lightning strike strikes your home and knocks out your appliances, then like a power surge. Homeowners insurance covers that. Typically, that should be covered. But let's say that your refrigerator just gives up because of old age, or it just breaks. Um, number one, your deductible would be in place, so your deductible would be well more than your damage, um, even if it were be covered. But in this instance, you know, home home warranties do have a deductible as well for many of them, uh, but it's it's geared to re repair or replace, and it's not because it's been damaged by a covered loss. So, for example, lightning or uh, things like fire are covered losses under home policy. So the home warranty makes pretty much anything that happens to it something that's covered, and you pay a deductible, typically 50 75 maybe $100, and then they are going to repair or replace the item. Um, so again, where, whereas the homeowner's insurance is geared more, more damage, think natural disaster, theft. Um, if somebody comes in and steals your appliances, most home warranty companies are not going to cover that. Um, so it is kind of a similar, but, but there is a, a marked difference. And it, when in doubt, that's why I am available the hours that I am. When in doubt, you know, as these issues occur, I'm available to address these real time. So. There's, therefore, you can know, do you need to talk to your home warranty company or do you need to place a call to the home insurance company? Good. Good to know. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And so, guys, I'm going to leave all of Matthew's information on our website at workatliveatownit.com so you can reach out to him. And his information is also going to be in the show notes if you have any questions about that. So sure. going Talking about the coverages that you just mentioned, you talked about natural disaster coverages. What types of coverage are typically included in a standard homeowner's insurance policy? So by and large, your homeowner policy in North Carolina is gonna be pretty similar from one to another. So I would say around 90% of policies that are written in North Carolina are written under what's called an HO3 form. And that is the largely predominant homeowner form within that framework. So call it the similarities are are strong. Um, you know, you're going to look at your average home policy is going to cover things like fire and theft and, um, you know, wind damage and water damage like pipe burst. Um, so you'll find a lot of similarities and then you'll find some differences. Some of the similarities include, like for example, water damage. I received a call from a real estate agent earlier today who's the client 
and she's had some damage in her basement. She's not sure what it is. She don't know if it's groundwater or flood water. So I encouraged her to have someone to look at it to find out what we're dealing with, because so often what happens is uh, a client can file a claim and find out the damage is less than the deductible. And they don't understand that when their renewal comes around next year and their rate goes up and they're charged $300 extra because they call to ask a question that can be confusing to clients. So, you know, I'm a big pro proponent of let's talk about it. Let, let me be your filter, your advocate. And then if you proceed to file a claim, fine, if you need to, that's great. Um, it has no bearing on, on me, the agent, but we want to make sure that we're not filing claims that put you in a bad spot down the road. Right. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is one of the questions that I that was submitted that I wanted to ask right. on behalf of the community is because I didn't realize this. And I'm glad that I had a great real estate instructor and you came in and right. talked about some of these things is yes. that a lot of people, as soon as we have a hail storm, we get a lot of hurricanes down here in the southeast mm -hmm. yeah. and companies will come out and say, hey, you need a new roof or you need this, that and the other. And people will say, oh, just file it with your homeowner's insurance. And then they don't realize that if they file it or they use that insurance to pay for a new roof, does that not essentially increase their homeowner insurance policy? Can it increase it? Absolutely. Now, I will say that weather damage is typically regarded to be not quite as severe as things like fire and things like that. However, it still will have an impact. Uh, to your point, I had an agent client call last uh, two weeks ago and the call went something like this. He called me about 1.30 and left a message. And I got a chance to call him back about 45 minutes later. In that time, he said, well, I've already filed the claim. What happened was, as you alluded to, uh, a roofer came by, looked at the property and said, well, your neighbors have received new roofs. I want to see if your roof had damage. And that's where the trouble starts typically, because the sometimes there are predators out here that the, there's no damage maybe that even occurred or it was a minor storm uh, but there are some unscrupulous roofers out there so you know we always encourage people to to consult with a trusted roofer that they know will, will shoot them straight and because here's the problem in this case and it worked out well it does have a good ending so so hear me out here but this case uh the client called and said hey I, i've got this to happen and again i he didn't give me time to call him back to talk about it before he filed the claim now I told him when I talked to him the second time after he filed the claim, I said, this is going to go one of two ways. The insurance company will come out, send an adjuster who is licensed to handle claims. And they're going to say, there's no damage here. We can see no proof of, of any residual granular loss or anything like that. So, you know, you, you know what, you're, you're on your own. Uh, there's no coverage, but that claim still counts every much like a claim that had been paid out. So when he gets a renewal in the mail, he's going to ask why to go up because you filed a claim. And the client would say, I haven't filed a claim. Well, the insurance industry considers you did because you did report something happened. And statistically speaking, the likelihood of you having another claim after having the first claim is much greater than if you had no claim at all. That's just statistics. That's called actuarial uh, guidelines that companies use to build risk and to understand and interpret risk. Wow. So just to recap, if you file a claim with your insurance company, even if the insurance company doesn't come out or say, yes, you need a new roof. Yes. It's still quintessentially you're filing a claim and that can go against you or be notated 
on your insurance policy. Or Absolutely. Your insurance account. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And to that point, imagine the shock when a client calls me and I say, hey, Sakala, what happened last year? And Sakala says, well, nothing happened. I mean, nothing. And then I say, well, there's something being reported in December of 2022. What is it? And then you say, oh, yeah, I had something first, but I ended up, I like to pay for it out of pocket. But if the insurance company got wind of it, it counts as a claim and it likely will impact the rate you pay. So what is the best course of action? Again, calling someone like you as a trust yes. advisor to find out what is the next actionable step. A absolutely. So let's say a client calls me and there's they just have a question. That doesn't constitute a claim. Now, if they decide to file a claim, then they have a claim. But I just like to empower and educate clients to let them know that the, the, these facts that they don't have any idea. There's a lot of misperception when it comes to insurance and, and consumers. Um, and we'll, and we'll hopefully address, you know, the bulk of that, uh, here in our time together. Right now, adding on to that next question, thank you for giving some insight into that. Mm -hmm. Are there any additional coverage options that a person needs to consider when they're getting a homeowner insurance policy? Absolutely. And that's a great question. So I'll speak to the one, one of the, the a couple of options we suggest, but one thing that we do a little differently is we're a big proponent of taking and writing jewelry on a separate contract. So unlike many companies will add jewelry to the homeowner policy because it's, it's, it's efficient, it's easy. However, the, the downside to that, the ugly side is that if there's a claim that occurs on your jewelry and you lose a $10,000 diamond ring, you then have a $10,000 claim on your homeowner policy. It doesn't cost more. It's better coverage it's less expensive to insure jewelry on a standalone contract. So why would you ever consider doing that unless there's some, you know, unusual reason, but we're a big proponent of that. So that's, that's something that we consider to be a separate contract. Now, however, to your point, to address your specific question, water sewer backup is also called the backup of sewer and drains in North Carolina is a rider that most plans do not cover unless it is added. So the way this works is we see clients routinely call us and say, I've had, you know, my sewer back up in my home, flood my, my floors, ruin my, my uh, furniture. And, you know, I've been in the business for it's like over 20 years and it, you don't need many of those phone calls right before Christmas from a single mother who calls me as I'm, um, I, I remember where I was at. It was in Kernersville, North Carolina, getting ready to go into an event to sponsor a real estate social for agents. And to hear the despair in her voice, because she had about a $30,000 claim caused by sewage that could have been avoided if she had simply had the protection that cost $4 a month. Okay. So mention that coverage again. So it's backup of sewer and drains. And just as an idea, when a client works with my firm, my agents are advised. I have over 20 staff. They're all advised. We add it and we tell the client it's included, but we don't present the quote and then ask to add it later because many consumers are conditioned to what I say is nuts to say no to the fries. You know, when you go through the drive-thru, you want to make that a combo. Many times we're, we're, we're conditioned to say no to that or no to the extended warranty. And I think sometimes consumers lump this into the same category is that this is extra. And I really wish that we would combine it together um, where it's not an option because it's something that's so important. 
and, you know, in my studies, most of us have a, a septic or sewer. So we would want to be protected against the damage that that can do. And again, like this client, you know, this was right before Christmas. She had a couple of young children and she had a $30,000 plus loss that was going to be hers, hers to address that could have been covered for $4 a, uh, $4 a month. Um, one other thing we do, Sakola, is add something called service line coverage. So we have found that, you know, in a joking matter, that most people like to keep the water flowing from the street to their home. If that pipe ruptures, that is typically a pretty expensive repair on average up to $5,000. We add a router to the plan that costs about $40 a year, but the protection exists in the event that pipe ruptures and it causes a, a break there. So you have to dig up your, your lawn and replace, replace the pipe or repair it. Um, so we have a router that we include as well. Again, that costs about $40, $40. But when consumers have that happen, it's definitely gratifying to know that they're, they won't be under that hardship because they have been protected. And again, that's one thing that we add to our policies to include. And then we tell the client, if you want to drop it, we can do that. But we do require it, a, basically a disclaimer in writing that you're declining those coverages. Because as you can probably imagine, consumers have something happen and then come back 10 years later and say, no, I wanted the coverage. Well, we've got documentation that states otherwise because we want to make sure that we're protecting us and we're trying to protect the client, but the client doesn't, you know, commit to what we're suggesting, then we have to protect ourselves and make sure that, you know, everything is, is documented. Right. And a lot of people don't think just because they have public sewer or they have access to public sewer, you got to understand anything from underneath your house that connects act, act to that main line, you are responsible for as a homeowner. And a lot of people think, oh no, the city's responsible. No, that line right. that goes from your house to that main line, you are responsible for. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm glad you document that you cover your bases, you cover yourself yes. Yes. as a brokerage. Now, are there any specific factors? And I know you touched on this because here was another question. Are there any specific factors that could affect the cost of my home insurance premium? So for example, does credit, mm -hmm. your credit score, does that yes. affect your home owner's insurance premium? It absolutely does. And let me add one, to, just to rewind for just a second, Scarlett, if that's okay to, to speak to the water backup part. A lot of consumers say, hey, I'm on the sewer, I'm on the city. Um, if something happens, they'll protect me or they'll cover it, they'll fix up the damage. Um, but my refrain to that is, my reply is, do you, even if that occurs, do you want to wait for the city to do that? Or do you want to get your own help to clean this up? I know I want to get my own help to clean it up. So just that kind of echo to that point. Uh, to answer your question specifically, though, the, there are many factors, many, many factors that go into determining rates. Um, and, and I'll just list a few. But of course, credit score does play a major role. Uh, and I like to pitch it as it's not so much that folks with a lower credit get punished. It's more so that folks with good credit get rewarded because again speaking to the statistical approach folks that have higher credit scores traditionally will file fewer claims again that's the insurance industry we all know that there are plenty of folks that have financial hardship that is no you know bearing on themselves they could have done nothing to avoid it uh, unfortunately it's just like you go to borrow money the bank doesn't you know dis distinguish between your credit scores low because of a hardship or because of your financial incompetence um, so unfortunately, that that's that. But again, it's not a, a huge deal. I'd say a larger part of it is your claims history. 
and uh, and also, of course, the, the season that we're in. So I'll give you an example to a real life example of what you speak of. So uh, I got um, had a client that was referred recently and we actually held the insurance on the seller's part and we held we're, we're working with the buyer and the real estate agent called and said, Matthew, why is my buyer's insurance over a thousand dollars more than the previous policy? And this kind of will, will let us speak to that in a real world example. So I called the agent after I'd done some investigation with my team and found that the first and foremost, the previous owner did not have a major water loss within three years. The new buyer did. So that alone basically eliminated several of our partners because we are a broker that shops to many partners, but that eliminated some of our partners off the bat. They didn't want to insure the home as it was. Um, so the, the company that did insure it, they charge a, a, obviously a, a cost because a claim had been filed. Uh, additionally, since last year, rates have skyrocketed in North Carolina for homeowners insurance. So that was a factor. And then the unknown, unknown is the credit score. I don't know the credit score of the, the buyer now versus the seller. But there, that's one of the most um, you know, unhelpful things to call it is to compare neighbors because even though you may be next door neighbors and have similar uh, you know, metrics, that doesn't always translate to the same rate. Um, one of my favorite things is the average consumer has absolutely no idea of the breadth of, of uh, vastness between rates charged from some companies to others. So for example, even within our network, we see widely varying rates. Um, and, and rates are not the only thing that, that, that vary. Availability uh, of agents, you know, most agents are nine to five. Most insurance companies are nine to five. Um, while there are folks like myself available every day of the year to 10 o'clock. Um, so, so there's that. There's, the, there's one that charged the fees versus the no fees. So there are some major differences. Um, I'm just trying to educate consumers to get to the point where to ask these questions, to, to ask, hey, when I have a claim, where will I go? So uh, in today's age, and I may be still in some, some later thunder, but in today's age, we've got a, a, a definitely a, a lack of appreciation of the actual physical point of contact. Um, for example, you know, when, when a client works with Sokola, um, after the sale, Sokola is going to be there, you know, a month, two, three months down the road. Um, Sokola doesn't say after the closing has taken place to call 1-800-REALTOR and talk to a round robin, you know, whoever you get on the phone. And yet so many consumers do that with insurance day in, day out. Um, I was in Jacksonville this past week and I went into an office and, and an agent said she had just gotten a homeowner policy through a, a, a largely known national carrier that is, is you know, direct uh, by and large. And uh, I asked her, you know, if she had included water backup. And to, to kind of tie together our conversation before, her answer was, I don't know. I just got insurance. She doesn't know what she did. She just knows that she thinks she's insured. Um, so anyway, to, to not uh, continue to, to run, run on there, Sakola, um, did that address your question or was there anything else you wanted to kind of highlight on that, that? That did. But you know what? And I appreciate you bringing that up because there, I'm going to get to the next question about discounts. Are there any things that you can do to discount? But before we get to that, I want to hone in on what you just mentioned. Yes. Because this happened and I, I'm thankful I went through and I was going through real estate school and I had mm -hmm. talked to you. I talked to my real estate instructor. And when it was time for us to purchase homeowners insurance, my husband just wanted to call whomever we had our automobile insurance with. Right. And I said, it's good to shop around 
And yes. the difference is just like with loan, home loans, mm -hmm. just like with health insurance or your home insurance, it's good to work with brokerages because they're tied to, not, they're not just fit in a box, they're tied to other affiliates, other companies right. that can shop around for you to get better rates. And I can attest to that because he called and our rate was in the four figures. And I was like, wait a minute, our credit is good. Hold on, why is it that high? And I went with a brokerage and mm -hmm. I can tell you it was a thousand dollars less. And we had some of the writers that you were talking about a thousand dollars less right. our first year. Now, granted, has our insurance gone up because the state of North Carolina, when those tax, those fees and assessments and all that stuff goes up, your homeowner's insurance rate does go up. However, it's best to shop around. Don't always call the big box conglomerates. Right. Yes. Talk to a brokerage first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and to that point, yeah, there, there's just so much, um, like I said, misinformation out here that, you know, we just try to chip away one one day at a time and, and educate folks about the differences. Um, that's like, for example, you mentioned some of the factors roof age um, will determine eligibility. I don't know if we're going to touch on that, but um, the, the physical condition of your home, like, for example, roof age uh, plays a role. We actually uh, worked with a client down at the coast, a mortgage banker who uh, lives in the Swansboro area. And I quoted him on his home if he put a new roof on it versus the roof that was originally installed in 2008 when the home was constructed. And the rate difference of the roof age was $1,000 a year. If he so got a if, new roof. Right. So he saves $1,000 a year on his insurance premium if he gets and got a new roof. So essentially, he's going to pay for him to get a new roof free with the insurance savings. So that's something that just to be mindful of that these factors do include. And really things like um, what, you know, if this log homes, they're a little bit more challenged to insure. Uh, aluminum wiring, uh, polybutylene piping, uh, galvanized piping, these things, uh, synthetic stucco, when you see these type of risks, they can play a, a role in determining the cost or maybe just even the eligibility of policies. Uh, so that is a big thing is that many times companies are not uh, making these, these clients even eligible because of, you know, a claim or a, a credit score. Um, to that point, there are, are companies, in fact, we, we work with some that based on an individual's credit score, that will determine if they're eligible to write a policy that includes coverage for certain dog breeds uh, on what, what many call a restrictive list. So just to be specific, someone with a very high credit score may be approved for a policy with a dog on a restricted list, whereas someone with a lower score may not, in fact, in fact, likely will not be approved. So that is something that many times consumers have no idea that exists, but that's something that we deal with on a routine basis. Yeah, you just brought something back to mind that I learned a few years ago, that there yes. is a restrictive list when yes. it comes to animals, the types yes. of animals you have in your home. Are there any other discounts? Because think about alarms. You know, right. I know we have alarm companies, especially after you move into a home, they're banging on your door. They're knocking yeah. on your door, right. doing solicitations. And you're like, oh, I don't really need an alarm. But is mm -hmm. there a discount for you having or putting in an alarm system? You mentioned new roof. Yes. Are there any other type of discounts that people need to look out for? Because I'm all about the savings. Right. Yeah. So one of the big things is, first of all, and let me kind of touch on this point about rate setting, because 
that's a, a big misconception. I was actually at an event the, earlier this week. I don't know what day it was, but it was earlier this week. And I looked at a, um, a article in the newspaper and was talking about that the, the uh, insurance companies had went to the state of North Carolina requesting a 50% increase in the rate of, of insurance costs for non-homeowner properties. So basically that would include uh, some second home, secondary homes, but definitely more so in the vacant and rental rental part of the business. And the insurance industry as a whole has asked for a 50% increase. And the the question was, is will that get approved? The answer is unlikely that will be improved. However, what's likely is that maybe an increase like last year, they, they asked for a large increase and were granted a 10% increase. That's what was negotiated between the Department of Insurance and the insurance industry. Um, I, I foresee something similar this year, perhaps, maybe a little bit more than 10%. Um, I, I saw a, an article the other day in the newspaper that had highlighted that in the U.S. this year alone, there were 10 different weather events for storms that had cost over $1 billion each. And in Texas alone, one line of thunderstorms cost $8.4 billion in damage in one storm. And to give you the insight about that's why rates are, that's part of why rates are going up. But again, part of the biggest misconception to call is that companies are responsible for the rates they set. So there is something called a consent to rate in North Carolina. And just without getting into great detail, the state of North Carolina comes up and says, Sokola, your home, if you pay over $800 a year for insurance, you need to get a document stating that you're being charged more than the suggested rate. Now, sometimes the suggested rate is realistic, and sometimes I've seen it where many would not consider it to be realistic. Um, so that being said, is a document that the, that the, the uh, consumer signs. But let's be very specific. The, the rates the company charge, that's on the company. Yes, there are a basic state guideline of rates, but the companies have the ability to discount and surcharge to arrive at where they want to be. So they'll find a surcharge or they'll find a discount to get to the rate they really want to charge the consumer. So just to hone in on that, because that was another question, like why are homeowner insurance rates increasing? But you're saying it's because right. we've had a lot of natural disasters. It yes. does cost a lot of money. So somehow they've got to offset the cost. But you're also saying that individual companies have the right to discount and surcharge. Yes. If they need to. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so that's one of the see that and that really blends into um, it kind of feeds into this um, false illusion that insurance companies are, are regulated. Yes, they're regulated. But again, how else can we explain? And you've seen with your own ex examples, Cola, of a $1,000 gap. The state had nothing to do with that $1,000 gap. That simply said that the company that wanted to charge $1,000 more, that's simply what they felt they were worth. And quite frankly, that that's just where it, where it you know, comes to. Um, and then, then likewise, the company that I, I will say this much to the thing of rates, you know, being in the business, the length of time I have, I have seen no shortage of companies come in and offer super low rates. And they're just, to be honest, they're artificially low. And then they're not sustainable. They're, they are unsustainable rates. So in reality, what happens is the client gets a rate, rate, rate increase. We have literally written policies years ago 
this would make you laugh perhaps for a homeowner policy for $280. I remember that probably six or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And the client gets an increase of $100, $150. And it sounds like it went up just an extreme amount. And because if you look at the numbers, let's say your rate was $300 and it went up $100. Well, that's a pretty sizable percentage increase, but not a total dollar increase because you're still, even at $400, you're still having a gift of a rate but consumers don't see that. So that's why good communication is imperative. That's why I'm accessible. The hours that I am is to enable, empower my clients and my partners to communicate, to, to, to make that connection and find out, Hey, what's the, what's the difference here. And, and in this case, I just mentioned with the difference in the rate, you know, why is the rate so different from the one seller to the buyer? And there, there are reasons that we just need to find those out and good communication will solve a lot of that. Okay. Good to know. Now, the question I had for you that one of my listeners wanted to know mm-hmm. is one, if they work with someone like you mm-hmm. and they already have homeowners insurance that's already tied in with the mortgage payment yes. and they still shop around before the renewal time is up to get a better rate, how does that process work? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I was at um, a little um, dinner last night, a dinner presentation with some agents. And that call, uh, that conversation actually came up was this client had just bought a home, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I told them the only thing they needed to do is, first of all, call me. Let's talk. Let's determine if this makes sense. I'll review what they've got. Um, If it does, we take care of all the work. Really, the only thing the client needs to do is one phone call. And that is to their bank, letting them know to expect a bill from us. Um, Without that, they may pay it. But without that, they may not pay it. The bank may not since it's already been paid. So I always suggest to be preventative, just a little uh, prevention goes a long way to call the bank and say, hey, just be aware, I'm switching this provider information. And then that should be all that you need to do. Everything else should be worked out between the lender and the company that, that we're writing to. Whoever your loan is with, you call yes. them, yes. let them know, hey, you're probably gonna hear from this particular company, you might receive a bill or invoice yes. for this. Okay. Yeah. And ideally, and, and, and hopefully the client has a local mortgage contact where they're not, you know, forced to call an 800 number and hold for, you know, a period of, team, period of time. So right, just hopefully. Right, right. Okay. So one last question I have for you is this listener wanted to know, how does the claim process work if I need to file a claim and what documentation and information will I need to provide? Great question. So in North Carolina, claims adjusters are under a separate license and then you have an insurance agent. So we're, we'll sell some service and claims are their own discipline. Um, so the, the claim process typically works as such when a client calls to file a claim. And again, we've already established that the claim is worth filing. It makes sense. Um, at that point, then we connect you with the claims department. So the claim information is gathered directly from the client to the claims department. There's no uh, additional party to to add an additional wrinkle or perhaps um, we see some insurance companies they take the claim information in the office and then the claims adjusters assigned but we're a big believer in again we don't want to have any additional potential for anything to be communicated otherwise than what the consumer states directly to the insurance adjuster so we make that connection the claim is filed an adjuster should always be assigned to a client and the adjuster is that point of contact. Now, this is where the, the difference 
manifest itself in that when you have no agent representing you and you have a problem and your adjuster is not responding, you only have the adjuster or maybe their supervisor to go to. Whereas opposed to if you're that client who didn't pay one extra dime to have an advocate, and hopefully at this point you'll find out if you, your, your agent's an advocate or, or, or not. But, uh, you know, I don't have any problem. In fact, a couple of times in the last few weeks, I've called claims adjusters. And, and just to get behind them, I find out that just a little bit of scrutiny on our part typically hastens the process. But the way it should work is the adjuster should come out and, you know, look at the damage, review it, and determine. And sometimes they don't have to come out, but most of the time I would expect an on-site visit to be necessary. And they come out and determine, you know, what kind of damage. Um, it, it depends if it's a water claim that's caused, you know, like, for example, water under carpet or things like that, then there may be some restoration companies involved. Uh, but that is something that, you know, it's, it's imperative to have somebody to come to, even if I'm not handling the claim, but to make the phone call and, and get the process, you know, started or, or invigorated. Because sometimes claims adjusters have been very busy. I will say that there's a lot of factors that go into a lot of things. So case in point, Increased building material costs have resulted in increased amounts of coverage on homes. That is also fed into the cost of homeowners insurance. But likewise, the claims that we've had recently, and we've been fairly busy on the claims front, uh, the claims adjusters have, they are probably a little behind than they have been maybe throughout some other times of the year. So again, to have a person to come to, to, to reach out to and connect just for advice, to get a perspective of, hey, is this unreasonable or not? You know, if you call me and say, Matthew, my adjuster came out yesterday. I've not got a call yet. It's, it's the next day. I may say, hey, give them a call, but that's not unusual. Um, but if it's been a week, that's not acceptable. And we need to get on the phone to somebody. Okay. Well, thank you, Matthew. I know your time is precious. You are a man on the go a lot of times, but I do appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Absolutely. So that way we can help enlighten other realtors in the industry, but also home buyers and home sellers as well, as far as the benefits of having homeowners insurance and how to navigate that process. So again, sure. guys, Matthew's information is going to be down in the show notes. If you have any more questions for Matthew or about the homeowners insurance policy, or even if you're looking for other types of insurance, whether it's rental, commercial, RV, boat, motorcycle, Matthew Young is the guy to go to. And also, if you have any further questions about homeowners insurance policy, head over to workitliveitownit.com. There is a microphone icon in the lower right-hand corner. You can leave me a voice message and I'll make sure I pass it on to Matthew. Or if you have any further suggestions as far as future podcast episodes or any other experts that you would like for me to bring on to the show or topics you would like for me to discuss with you, please leave me a voice message again at workitliveitownit.com. All you got to do is hit that microphone icon. And again, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. We could talk all day about homeowners insurance, the yes. ins and outs. But again, I wanted to bring him on to give you some tips and how to navigate the process and that's going to work best for you and your families so again don't hesitate to download this episode share it 
with all your members of your tribe and community. Pass this wealth of information on. And most importantly, don't forget to work it, live it, own it in your everyday lives. Take care. Thank you.